Cool. Slate it up. Yeah. We're back. Cass is reading your new, uh, what is this? The Peep Book. It's an adult coloring book. Mm. If anyone wants to take a look, I don't know if it'll get censored. These are random lines, and any um, any interpretation of those random lines as graphic images is purely coincidental. People see all sorts of stuff. It's a Rorschach blob sort of thing. But if you see a lot of sexual activity, then that speaks more about your relationship to your mother, <laughs> your uncle, your father, and the events you four had together. Uh, hey, welcome back to Very Ape, the only podcast on YouTube. Don't yes. look at those other ones. Those yeah. are just... Ignore them. Yeah, you want to be here. I mean, check them out. All the episodes are good. We're in space. There's good music. There's mm. good vibes. What more could you want from the gang, the space team? We, do, uh, we go by Trinity Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go by America's favorite thruple. Oh, America's only thruple. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, other than what, Jaden Smith or Jillo Smith? What's the name Is of Jillo the... Smith doing something like Jillo that? Jillo Smith I maybe wanted to be in a thruple, but maybe it hasn't happened yet. But that's, <laughs> that's got to be intimidating. You've got to... If you're going to be in a couple with... And I know her name is Willow. We are just doing Jillo as a joke. Yeah. The uh, Willow Smith, like, of course, the other... Who, who's going to outrank her hierarchically? No one. So you've got to, like, Yo, convene with the two people and be like... This is so funny because we've never talked about this on this podcast. But someone wrote to us once and they said, Willow Smith listens to the Very A podcast. And I just heard of, of an interview where uh, they shouted you out. And uh, we were, we were kind of like, okay. Yeah. So Willow. No. Maybe Willow. we turned her on to Thruppledom. She's shared a thing I made before. So we've all connected to Willow somehow. We are the Willow Thrupple. What's Willow's deal? Is Willow the like really like you know alien kind? Yeah, she's yeah. alien. Okay, cool. Yeah, she's yeah. fucking dope. Aren't they both aliens? Yeah, they're both kind of aliens. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they got to they got to be brought up with um, security and guidance. So it's mm-hmm. not like the rich parents that like ignore them, and it's not the yeah. the poor parents with the love. It's both like money and specific knowledge from two stars. Yeah, that communicate well and. Yeah. Good genetics and everything. I mean, what a mm. great hand. Damn, firing on all cylinders. Yeah, yeah, when you're dealt that kind of hand, it's like, man, you got to almost seek out the lessons. Yeah. Because you know? they're not going to so clearly present themselves. You're so protected from the world in so many ways. You yeah. Know? That's kind of what I appreciate about the little I know about Willow. I'm like, it's a real motherfucker trying to, you know, carve their own path, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and they, they probably know a lot more lessons than I do, too, because in my head, I'm thinking, like, if I had a swimming pool... I'd be so happy. And they're yeah. probably thinking like, hey, buddy, the swimming pool is not going to give you happiness. I'm like, know. yes, it is. The <laughs> swimming pool is going to give me a lot of happiness. And then. Well, it's, so it's true to a certain extent, right? Like, I, you know, everyone says like money can't buy you happiness. But like a little bit can really like I heard Leon Russell talking about this in an old movie the other day, the, the musician Leon Russell. And he said what money does is uh, it, it offers expansiveness. It almost slows things down a little bit so you can play a little bit um, easier in this world. It's more of a playground mm-hmm. when, you, when you have money. And, you know, like, it's good to see a rich person kind of you know, copping to that. Yeah. So, you know. I've always liked the quote, um, money doesn't solve all your problems, but it does solve all your money problems. <laughs> and there's a lot of people with money problems, and that's like this yeah. much of their life problems. And then you get rid of it, and it's like, oh, I'm still that 10% not figured out existentially yeah. or emotionally or whatever. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, I, I think it? I'm lucky in the way of like money used to really affect, you know, the way I thought of myself and this and that. And then when I met Cass, I was like, 
I'm not going to pay attention to how much money I have anymore. I literally don't know. I don't know how much money we have or how much we've had, how much we're spending. I, don't, I just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Well, and it's a surprise that people have money problems because it's a value system. And it's a value system outside of ourselves. And even if we didn't have money as a value system, value systems and relationships would still be a sore subject mm. for everybody all the time. Because we come into these bodies that have limits. Mm. And therefore, also, some sort of like outer value because they're perceived and they're judged and you know whatever mm. yeah regardless of what the name is if we're it's, if there's yeah, an energy it's, exchange that's yeah. uncomfortable then well, we're gonna not yeah we're all to like it. you know dealing with each other and using each other and i think the best thing you can hope for is like being useful so you can be used in the right ways <laughs> by yeah. things bigger than yourself and other people and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't abuse me. Yeah, yeah. Be, uh, be useful so you can be used you well know? so you can also <laughs> use other people. Imagine if we smoke, spoke, of course, imagine if we smoke, but if we imagine that we spoke that bluntly about like, well, I'm using this person for 80%, but 20%, I'm not using them and they're using yeah. me this w- Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. You're using me for sex. It's like, I don't know. Well, don't you think you're also using yeah, me for sex? It's yeah. two way street, or it's just yeah. one of us getting sex when we have sex. That was in a <laughs> philosophy class, I remember. Like, it was one of those things. There's a difference between using someone and merely using someone. And when we say someone is using someone, what we're referring to is the merely using. Whereas the using, using part, everyone is always using. I'm using this guy to mow my lawn. He's using me to get this right. $40 yeah. pay, and he's using his daughter. I mean, I th- I think the major way that applies to my life, it seems to me, it's like we're all, you know, how like Ram Dass says, like we're all walking each other home. It's like a, it's a really nice, sweet thing. But I'm like, we're all using each other to distract each other from, you know, <laughs> the really uncomfortable thing that this is so fucking temporary. So like in, in that sense, it's like I'm fucking using my friends all the time. I'm shooting up on our community. <laughs> like it's dope it's like it's made our it's, i don't know it's just made our life like a little bit more magical like you you feel help like we're we're money that we're broke we're on fucking all three of us are on an unemployment right now you know, i've i've never i've never had a fucking money worry in my adult life i've always been a pretty good earner and like i've never been given money anything like that and all of a sudden i'm in a position where it's like we're out of business we have nothing we're in debt but i feel rich beyond your wildest dreams have you done any of those things that noah talks about like the i can never follow it all the way through but he's like man you got to get this artist production loan that the government's offering dude listen it's twenty thousand dollars a day they can't ask for it back yeah and all you have to do is write your name and they don't even verify it. it's yeah. like some very simple thing he describes but i'm like yeah. i just i know i'll just make money normally well i'll make money normal yeah, i don't want to make fake money i just yeah. make normal money well he's made like, making yeah. fake money in to a full-time job because it is a full-time job tracking down these loans filing for bankruptcy that's why i don't want to do it yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's, it's a fucking mess and uh we did finally take them up on it and we got a fifty thousand dollar loan that we regret getting you know? yeah and this is noah finkelheimerstein not yeah, noah lambert not that's noah a different lambert. we would uh, never uh, talk yeah. about him like that noah finkelheimerstein is like always getting <laughs> always getting loans always getting into hairy messes doesn't yeah. believe in the imagination nah, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, well, I thought you were going to say, do you ever use Noah's imagination techniques? And I, I was going to say, we're the original Noah's when it comes to that <laughs> shit. We fucking paved the way for that motherfucker, you know. Uh, so you were it. telling him about Neville Goddard, Goddard, and he was like, no. <laughs> and then he, later he was like, I am Neville Goddard. Yeah, we came yeah. up with the idea for Neville Goddard. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, 
before Neville got Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Yeah, it's you you guys behind the curtain. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was us all along. (laughs) Well, well, well. (laughs) Well, 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 if it isn't you. (laughs) So uh, describe what what that is to you, the Imaginal technique to you. That's like feeling what you want, not event-wise to happen, but feeling how you want to feel and then like aligning with that and then the rest of the stuff comes to you? Is yeah, that how you would describe it? It's just telling a better story about your life and having a vision and intention about your life. Like I just use different words than Noah does. Uh, you know, it feels less prescriptive the way we talk about it. It's like, it, it, you know, it's a practice, but it's something we're kind of doing all the time. So I, I think, like Mayor's told me because of my astrology, I'm good at like zooming out and bigger picture stuff. And that's where I feel like I've applied it, you know. I have an idea for a movie like uh, just the name of it comes into my head and it's almost like it already exists and we're already mm-hmm. celebrating and a million people have already seen it mm-hmm. and when, when we haven't even made it yet mm-hmm. and you know lo and behold if you fucking really stay committed to that positive story about this thing coming out it mm-hmm. all those things do come true you know mm-hmm. did you hear Ari Shafir describe like this ayahuasca trip he had and uh the the realization he had about art and how like every every perfect the perfect thing you've done when you were in the flow and you feel like it was a perfect thing, it becomes this orb and it's mm. like this shiny star that floats up into the yeah. the sky and they all play forever. So if you make a thing where you are aligned with your true self and you put out the art, then it's yeah. like it's eternal forever. And I, 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 I heard that and I, I definitely believe it. It's, it's interesting hearing somebody that's not from our world kind of take ayahuasca. I and love go it in when it. those types of people describe oh. stuff who I would have thought shit on those ideas yeah. and then it gives them more credibility because it's like wait you're talking about Abraham Hicks I thought you were you hated all yeah. this brand well and Bill then, Burr yeah. taking mushrooms recently Mike Tyson smoking toad like it's oh, been hilarious yeah. I didn't even know Burr did mushrooms oh the, dude I need to check in with he, he had a quintessential experience he came out of it basically the same way I did like I need to have my relationships better and I, I don't know if I should eat as much meat like this is what you know oh yeah. interesting he's kind of crazy but um, you know it's like dude do you know I realize everything I do is just it's for other people and it's like fuck that it's basically you got it you don't even need to find yeah. this to seek it out right. <laughs> I've always loved Burr and just his uh, willingness to just the the perfect description of him is that Philly clip uh, oh, yeah. I mean he's done such great work after that but the yeah. way he took a whole angry 10,000 person crowd and turned it around by yelling at them and roasting their city for yeah. for 10 minutes straight and just counting the the time he had left on stage and by the end of it they were on his side because yeah. he just stood up for himself against the mob and yeah he held that's his ground amazing. that's some wizardry yeah um, by I mean, roasting the town that they're so proud of roasting philly cheesesteaks <laughs> and the liberty bell and uh like whatever guy rocky balboa statue and mm. like this other guy is a real boxer but you won't make a statue of him because he's black and he took a fictional <laughs> boxer instead and put him up and then they're just oh. starting they can't help but laugh at the yeah the quick time roast of the City. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it just dawned on me. That's a lot of what comedians have to do is like, hold your ground. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like you're carving out space in rare air and like, you have to kind of hold your ground to people come around to it. And it's, it's very similar to what we do. And just like the art of seduction by like, you know, I see the world in this way and, and, uh, my art's a channel for that. And I'm going to hold my ground and seduce you into it. And whoever, whoever is seduced into it, though, it's like, those are your people, you know? Do you have any orbs up there? Have you ever made? Uh, I hope so. I, I hope think everything I've stuff. done. I hope everything I've done and everything I've said off mic is an orb. But <laughs> like the I've, the orb metaphor is so like 
it's such a personal thing. Because I remember in that Ari Shafir clip, he's like, so you know, never mind. It's an orb. And, you know, my, my Comedy Central show, is an, it's an orb. It's up yeah. there forever. And, like, some people might think both of those are boring. Yeah. And then those aren't orbs for them. But then mm. for him, it's orbs. And maybe even for, for Dave Grohl, he's probably like, no, nah, man, I hated Nevermind. That was more about Bleach or whatever yeah. his opinion <laughs> might might yeah. be. But as far as my orbs, I don't know. I think it changes day to day. There's some days where I... I'm all like I'm feeling myself and I'm like I, I'm good I'm a good artist I made some good stuff and then there's mm. other days I'm like oh it's all garbage I'm gonna start um gonna throw this out <laughs> get, oh better get three garbage bags there's some <laughs> oh, of those over yeah. there too but uh, yeah. it's kind of normally this it's a waveform you're riding mm. and hopefully I, I I tend not to share that uh in a solid form, but I will share it in this liquidy form of a podcast. Cause yeah, I don't know. Maybe I do put it in solid form. Maybe that's what the gray guy is about. You know, there's the rainbow guy and there's mm -hmm. a gray guy and yeah. it's a duality thing. So yeah, uh, that's my answer to that. I yeah. Guess. Your art is such a mirror, you know, like that gray guy comes up in my feed and if I'm relating with that motherfucker <laughs> on that day, it's just like, Oh damn. <laughs> But, you know, your rainbow bodies and everything and those people, you know, when, when I relate with them, I'm like, cool, we're on track here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love to feel myself all the time, but maybe that's a, a road to, like, just complete self-unawareness. Maybe that's what people would not resonate with if there wasn't the inner yeah. war at some point. Yeah. In some form. Yeah, you seem to be very, like, zen about the balance. And that's, like, I feel like a good place to be because then you're not attached to staying in the good time and you're not so resistant if you're in the bad time. You're like, all right, this is just part of the dance. Yeah. And with your dance, it feeds your creativity, you know? So your days where you're suffering by uh, over-consuming and not moving, you know, or the days that you're suffering by running, a, you know, can create this energy for you. We talked about that in the last podcast. But. Yeah, you're building, it's like you get an interest or an escrow or something accruing by not being happy. Mm. And I know that there's some people who are neuroatypical and they cannot be happy ever and you need to voice their stance on things. Yeah. I recognize that there's some people who maybe can never be happy and that's probably sucks. But yeah. uh, I truly don't believe that. I think anyone can, if, if you are in awareness, I think you can still yeah. somehow I, I, get your way up there somehow, like yeah. no matter what. And it's, it's way we're harder. We're adaptable motherfuckers down here, you know what yeah. I mean? We could get used to it. Is there something sadistic about me or masochistic that I'm like, give me that, give me a day with that motherfucker. Like I, yeah, Cass then, thinks you could change people. I don't think I can change people, but like, I like the idea of the task of like, yeah. get this person to enjoy themselves. But, um, also I'm someone who like, if I feel like I gave it my all and it, doesn't work i'll i bounce so fast like oh, energetically yeah. you yeah. know like if i don't see a positive impact if i don't see myself impacting someone in a way that i think is positive i'm like all right we're not doing this dance anymore like i'm not good for you yeah they need to extend their hand as well if you're going to like extend your hand to pull them out of yeah. whatever abyss yeah they can't just somewhere they can't just be like their head plucked up or something yeah yeah and we'll still try we'll still try yeah I mean, I, if anyone can do it, it's y'all, but... Cass is really... Yeah, she's good at it. Like, because I was saying on the last thing, like, she's not going to hold you to that moment if you're if you're low, but she'll, she'll present the alternative. And a lot of times for me, I don't... I, you know, I won't take her up on it. But like, the, the other day, like, me and Mare were getting into it or whatever, and, like... What does that look like? It's, like... It's weird. It's it's just a breakdown of communication, and and actually the, the scary thing is, like, Mare knows that about us from our astrology. That's, that's like, our, our little... In, in particular, her and I. This group seems to be good at communicating. You and Cass seem to be good at communicating. Sometimes it breaks down between me and Mare. And it's just like a, 
it's not very dramatic. It doesn't feel over the top or anything like that. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to get out of this. And like, do either yeah. of you close up or you're still communicating while it's while you're going? Mayor at closes it. up and then I start communicating for the both of us. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, here's what's going on. God damn it. <laughs> you know, and that's not the way to do it. That's, that's not the way to do that's it. It's one way to do so, it. So Cass says, uh, show her a pathway out. And even by her saying that to me, she just showed me a pathway out. Because I'm like, oh, there's other ways of doing it other than me fucking, you know, getting mad or digging in on Mare. Like, there's other, okay, there's other approaches. And, like, that's where doing this is, like, just the constant a- accountability. Because we know how good things could be that t- to wallow in bad times just feels like, yeah, fuck, what do, why would we want to spend any time like this, you know? And sometimes you might be logically right and you're not like energetically right, which I know it makes no sense, but no, it's that space makes team. We can say it on this podcast, yeah. but yeah, you're just, yeah, you're saying everything right from 3D, but like somewhere on 8D, yeah. Yeah. we are like at war and it's yeah. fine. It's meant to be, yeah. but like we will, the, the, the truce will be met and yeah. we'll understand and cooperate after the 8D war, but oh, totally. our 3D selves cannot like word our way out of this. Well, what you're doing is you, well, the, oh, dude, yeah. we, her and I get in fights. She's at home in her apartment in the Lower East Side. I'm in Greenpoint. We haven't talked for a day, but we'll we'll get in a fight and make up in that time without having spoken to each other. You know what I mean? And it's like Mare knows we were both on the battlefield. And yeah, it's it's fucking creepy, man. And it's definitely Oh yeah, Sean will just start shit. telling me about what's going on with Mare and I'm like Dude, you're being paranoid. You know, like she's not fucking pissed at you or whatever. Like, no, she's mad. She's mad. And and then inevitably, Meryl come over and she's like, "I was mad at Sean, but I forgive him." <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's wild. I, I think it, it's funny because when since we came to L.A., like we've been getting a lot of like we're on a job out here, and our sound guy comes bursting, and we've worked with him in the past. Um, and he doesn't take psychedelics or anything, so he's kind of always looking at us like, oh. now he's f- not taking psychedelics, but fully into this. He's like, have you heard of 5D, the fifth dimension? Um, <laughs> Scotty we're, we're, is so cute, Yeah, Scotty. Dude, you have no idea what I mean. You would have fucking loved You would have loved He's so <laughs> was... sincere. So sincere telling us and everyone that would listen uh, about the fifth dimension. <laughs> and I'm watching this motherfucker, and I'm like, this is hilarious, but I'm watching him like a magician pull fucking doves out and this and that oh, but wow. like literally just telling people about the fifth dimension i've got to say that the the fifth dim- or the fourth <laughs> dimension is gen x because it's like forgotten like people talk about 3d and that yeah, is bad and then f- have you heard of the upgrade ascension to 5d <laughs> like no one mentioned 4d once and it's all about millennials and boomers so yeah. 3d is boomers millennials is 5d yeah. and then gen x is 4d well Makes- if you want a great example of 4d energy fourth dimension there is a film by harmony corinne starring val kelmer called the fourth dimension mention and uh it's the most insane fucking incredible thing ever it's it's val kilmer basically playing himself and he just rolls into this like roller skating rink i think outside of detroit there's a bunch of people there and he just starts giving this crazy inspirational speech and that's the movie oh crazy yeah like talking about what the fourth dimension is and things that you can just like break out of a moment yeah yeah, or break into a parallel universe but i I, I mean i I think you know fifth dimension to me just you know it feels beyond the constraints of time and uh language and you know you know all the stuff that we think life is and once you once you like i'm saying zoom out a little bit it's like well there's a lot more going on here and there's dimensions above it but this is a very 5d weekend for us to the point where I'm like, are we going to wake up and realize this was a dream? Like, it's crazy. You know, 
Man, where do you, where would you wake up? Where do you think the last point was before the dream started? I, I think uh, maybe smoking salvia with our cinematographer Isaac Bauman, like maybe seven or eight years ago. I think oh bomb man! Hit a so you and I don't even meet in the real world. <laughs> We're like only communicating in the dreams, yeah. and that would be a fun movie too. Where like people live in a dream for eight years, and then they wake up, and then they try to find the people from their dream that they were friends Ooh. with in the dream, and then the end of the movie, they're all friends, but then they wake up again. <laughs> keep doing movies you keep you keep selling movies you know like it started getting bad after three but but i appreciate the first one it's It's like the final destination yeah oh my god you know i have dreams so much with people that i'm really connected to in the dream but are strangers Mm, yeah that's weird that's most of my dream like i'm in love with people that like aren't real people well crazy like jason momoa Do do you do you mourn when you wake up and you're like, oh, not only do I not have them in my life, they're not even real. I can't even find them if I wanted to. Oh. I think it can get fucked up because like it's all nightmares and I can get really wrapped up in it. And emotionally, you wake up in that emotion and they have to like. I think it's like can be disturbing that you can have feelings about things you don't know. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, and especially in that, uh, in the dream state, it's like it's all fucking subconscious stuff, yeah. and it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, is it another life? Is right. that going on somewhere? Right. I know this sounds like basic stoner or whatever. It's just kind of like that's what we're here for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm tired of this whole like thing of like trying to not be basic or trying to not be cringe or trying oh, to like. Dude. I just oh, want to yeah. be basic and cringe. That's, yeah, we're a basic that's stoner the very podcast. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so are all your dreams orgies? Like, I really want to know. No, I haven't even had one orgy dream in no. my life. Oh. I think I'm. I'm like, uh, I think I'm lame in dreams. I think I've like, uh, like turned down stuff because I'm still in a relationship in the dream. So I like, <laughs> like no, I can't. And then you wake up, and then it's it's like the opposite. In my dreams, I'm like not cheating. And then in her nightmares, I like cheat on her and leave her, and then don't uh, don't say anything. I'm like very cold. I'm like, what? It's no big deal. Just and ghost. Yeah, I'm just like very cold. I'm like, I should be having those dreams than you should be having the <laughs> I'm having. But Yeah, uh, no. I really do feel like we just like work out our fears. Like yeah. you said, like the work is like facing the uncomfortable stuff. I think your unconscious does a lot of that work. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. It's just like whatever tensions you have, like little attachments that you have going on, yeah. it's like in your dreamscape they can finally like enveloped a little bit without the impact on your body totally you know and the memory and the cells and having actually done that stuff war games yeah you like wake up out of the simulator like if this had been in real life you would have fucked your shit up yeah you were just in a fake submarine (laughs) computer game because all of mine too i feel like are preparing me for death and they've always been that way i always like die in my dreams and it's always like pre-death like is it sudden i die in dreams a lot i wish it was more orgies and less deaths yeah i would like pay so much to have it switched yeah i think you need to picture orgies before you go to sleep like incept yourself Mm. but i I try to actually i don't think this works because i try every night to think about flying Flying. in hopes that i'll have another flying dream because i've had like three in my life and i'm like if oh interesting flying that's like i mean that seems fun but like i'm more about i fantasize more about sleeping when i'm tired than i would about flying i'm just like i'm kind of happy to just be asleep so um have you guys ever heard of uh like the dream state theories of like the aboriginal groups where 
Um, they believe in something called dream time dreams and not all of your dreams are dream time dreams, but specific people have more dream time dreams and it's like literally where you wake up in another dimension. What's dream oh. time dreams? That's what I, it's like uh, the ones that feel like realer than reality when yeah. you wake up oh, from them. They just so feel it feels like different. this was and a cartoon and that's the real one. Yeah. Totally. And I had one of them um, a lot of times like if I'm flying and stuff, which to me is more of like, how do they call the dreams when you're awake or in control? Uh, lucid. lucid. Yeah, like I have a lot of lucid dreams, even if they're nightmares or whatever. And the craziest one that I ever had, um, I had the ability to levitate, and I was actually staying at my parents' house in Texas for like one night and had the craziest dream of my life. Like, I swear to God, it was a dream time dream. But I wake up in this house, and again, like, when I wake up in this house in this other dimension, I know that it's I'm in a guest room. Like, I just know that, and I know it's not my house. And it feels like I'm there to do something. Um, and as I'm like... Several times I like wake up in this other bedroom and fall back to sleep and then wake up in Texas and it was a really confusing like in and out of the two dimensions it felt like. Um, but in this dream, something is like pulling my leg in bed. And whenever they pull my leg in bed, I start to levitate. And so there's these two sensations going on. It's like a ton of fear, but also like excitement that I'm levitating. Mm. And uh, the thing keeps basically like, pulling me to the point that I have to be like, I mean, you know, I'm like freaked the fuck out. And the more that I fight it, the more that it fights me mm. to the point that it was like grabbing my body and throwing me against the wall. And in the stream, I have the power to levitate. So it's still like I'm in between this, like this is fucking terrifying, but I always have terrifying dreams and I can fucking levitate. Wow. And I'm like in control of this dream. And I, it was like telepathically communicating with me because I would ask, I would think questions in the dream and then it would answer them. Like I'd be like, so is this thing just like air? Like, is it formless? Does it have a form? And then I'm standing on the ceiling in this dream and I feel the hands of whatever this thing is grab around both of my ankles. And they were so firm and so hard and almost like halfway in between like a reptile's hands and a human's hands. And I reached down and touched them and they were like really big, like really long fingers and gripping so fucking hard. And so it was like answered me in that moment. And any time I would, and I kept wait, like I, uh, then I'd wake up in Texas again and be like, what the fuck? And I'd go back to sleep and I would want to go back to that dream because it was, I was mm. so enthralled and it. it felt so different. It felt so real. And I was able to wake up after like three or four times in the same night, which is the other crazy thing about it. Cause like, I don't have that. That's like, yeah, yeah. Being that's like lottery, like numbers winning. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And it just felt like it kept answering questions for me when mm. I was in there and it, any time that I would try and ignore it in the dream or think that its presence would gone, it would make its presence known. And it also wanted me to know that it was more powerful than me. Those mm. two things were like the biggest messages in the conversation between us. You know wow. what I mean? Like I wasn't, I c couldn't deny it and I couldn't deny its authority either. Mm. Yeah. And you were more powerful. So it's like, and I was more powerful and more powerful in the dream. And it felt like I was literally there in somebody's house, helping them with the spirit that was in there. Oh, mm. wow. Wow. Maybe you were. That yeah, that that sounds that sounds like the most believable. You have to it's, work it's, at night. It's it's like yeah. the only dream I've ever like Did you ever written down. Like I I woke up and like wrote the whole thing down. Oh, so I was damn. like what the fuck just happened to me? And this was that was the year right before the pandemic that I felt like I was going through whatever you would consider to be like ascension, like very weird body mm. mind synchronistic things happening. Yeah. Yeah. There was um did you ever see this Mitch Hedberg joke of like, uh, I wish I could just dream about 
me sleeping like i'm tired and then like i go to bed and then all of a sudden i have to build a go-kart with my ex-landlord <laughs> it's funny that even when you're dreaming you're kind of doing work you're like so running weird. from something or you're yeah. like being pulled by reptile hands oh while you're God. levitating and it's throwing you against the wall it's like i just wanted to sleep and now i have to do this my, energy work night school my most yeah. relentless dreams were when i was working as a waitress i'd just dream about forgetting the ketchup or whatever the fuck like you're in this loop of just oh, like the hardest job yeah th- those are the strangest ones when you wake up from a dream that felt so mundane that it felt real like like why was i fucking just doing there's nothing exciting happened i went into a deli you know yeah i came out and i was driving somewhere and you, you wake up from it and you're like yo that felt real feels like like you were just <laughs> saying like i could have used that to hop timelines yeah. you know it felt very much like yeah. this world oh, have you done drugs in your dreams i have this thing where either i like a person can be drugs and they just like melt my universe like you know when you smoke toad or dmt or whatever just like or have a lot of acid like those peak moments where everything just like melts away i've had a bunch of moments where someone's either like serve me toad or i just meet like this magical person that's in my life who like kind of is like an eight dimensional being and they're just like you know or devin person the wizard like he in my dream i come across him and he's like sleep and i'll just like totally fade and I, I love that is he is he okay like i saw a picture of him in the hospital or something <laughs> did he yeah he's great did now. something happen to his knees or what he, happened uh, he rented one of those scooters and he was on a vacation in san diego and rented one of those scooters and wiped out and destroyed oh. it. no 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 wasn't it, it was, it was one, of those, one, one of those one wheel things that you he go. broke his pelvis or something. Oh yeah. shit! But yeah. he like he thought that he was going to be it's in. That fall got to feel extra bad because it's like I imagined the possibility of this, and here it, yeah, here here it is. Go. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was one of those moments because he he had a bunch of plans to like change his life in a very rapid way. He's like, here's the plan: quitting my day job, doing this, do, 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 do. and I had it all planned out, and then this just slowed it down. Mm. And he's one of those guys like I I don't worry too much about him because I think he knows like perfections unfolding. Like, and okay. making the best out of it. Like, and he was already having fun. Yeah, he was said he, he told me he's tuning into the reality where he is a wizard. So maybe it's like, well, yeah. I'm tuning into the reality where I'm a wizard seven years behind <laughs> schedule because I really yeah. wanted to ride that thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, wizard. I mean, yeah. Don't wizards wear, have canes? I mean, he's just like... Oh, maybe that's part of it where it's like the same with the, the medicine he took that made all his hair turn white. Yeah, uh, It's yeah. like this, the cane. Like, well, we thought it'd be kind of funny to give you a cane with <laughs> yeah, the, totally. this accident. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful what you uh what you're inviting in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he, well, he introduced us and, you know, obviously I'll be forever grateful for that and he also introduced me to the Grateful Dead. So, Oh uh, hell yeah. Yeah, I really I owe a lot to him cuz that was that was like one of those moments of of hopping timelines. It seems like it might seem real frivolous or silly to say that like a band could like help you in some way but oh, they're holding space yeah we, we needed the grateful dead in our life so bad mm-hmm. and i had just fucking no way my whole mm-hmm. life and then like because of the tie-dye and the beard the whole, I, I was a punk rocker. jerry garcia yeah, every yeah. all of it was just like Ugh, i don't yeah. want anything to do with this <laughs> you know and uh yeah it, two hits of acid and then Devin threw on live dead and it was like a portal open and our life like softened we felt more cradled by the universe like just felt more like oh cool this is like this is it was the same thing when I discovered Zappa uh, during quarantine. That, it's not when I discovered him, but like when I really said, like, I want to get into Zappa. I want to, like, I really respect this dude. I want to hear him. It was like, man, it opened up this portal of creativity. And like, also with Zappa, like, doing it a different way without the, like, all the veneer of, like. Yeah. I got into yeah. it in, like, 
2001, I think, and Whoa. it's still unfolding. Like every year, there's still surprises where I'll like hear an interview with someone and yeah. I'll be like, oh, I didn't know that about that. And that introduces a whole, like I'm thinking of this uh, time people asked Scott Tunis, one of his bass players, mm-hmm. what it's like, w- w- was he like kind of a tough guy? Was he an angry guy? And he's like, no, he was the most fair man I had ever met in my entire life. Wow. He would never yell or like raise his temper at you. And he always understood that like what you do is what you do because how could you do anything else? How could you operate in any other way? Wow. And part of his like demeanor on interviews, I think, gets interpreted as, oh, he was an asshole. But no, he was just straightforward. He would yeah. have never like lost his temper or done anything like yeah. that. Just more like, no, I don't need to be having a relationship with you anymore. It's time we uh, moved on. Would you like window or aisle? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even how he met his wife, he like called her up and he's like, "Let's fuck." Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, I think that we have a tendency uh, to want to um, label like you know, it's like he's such a high being that it's like, what is he? What is he? I want to throw a label on him mm-hmm. so I can fucking comprehend this better. Oh, he's an asshole. Yeah. He's a misogynist. Cool. All right, I got that buttoned up nice and tight. Now I don't have to let that spirit into me or acknowledge those parts of myself. So, uh, yeah, doing the dive into him has definitely been, but it could be anything. It really, it, it can be anything. I, ju- I just use music because that's what our whole life's about. So. Yeah. And Zappa is secret too. It's just not, you don't see it a lot of places, but there is a big community mm-hmm. of people around like that yeah. get it. And if the people that don't get it, I feel, I feel sorry for them, but not in a way that like, oh, you won't find any joy because there's so much joy everywhere and yeah. not everything is for everyone. But like the fact that like, oh, you don't you don't get it. You think it's random. No, it's oh, I feel so bad for yeah. you. It's like you don't yeah. see the magic eye. You don't see the color or something mm-hmm. like, oh, they don't have the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Tough break. Mm. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a steep barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's by design. And, uh, you know, I was just talking to a friend who saw Zappa and kind of grew up on that whole thing. And he said. Zappa even before the dead was like the first um the, the first guy that like people that was the only thing people listened to if you were into Zappa like it's like all other music kind of just like that's my thing the dead obviously did that but there's not that many examples of musicians like that no. where you know where their fan base like that's their singular focus is is this person's art so it's, it's really cool and I think they're people like that are going to be remembered as like the modern day composers of this era, the, Mm -hmm. you know, Tchaikovsky's, the, the box, the Mozart's of, but there's not enough time that's passed, but like in time, like you compare their photos, like, Oh yeah, it's totally a a brilliant composer of modern American music. Wouldn't that be fun if you could somehow hop in a time machine and like, just be in 500 years from now for just to look on the Wikipedia of, of 500 oh, years of like, like yeah. who bubbled up? Who, whose name did we remember from when I was alive? You know what I mean? Like who, who from our lifetime is going to be talked about 500 years from now? That would be cool. I'm, I'm kind of scared who it's going to be. Cause I, I think it's going to be these, these fucking rich assholes, Jeff Bozo. <laughs> you think yeah. so? I think there's, unless they wipe out what is being said about them, but I mean, there's so much critique of these people that yeah. maybe they won't be, the the way that, you know, Edison is remembered fondly for a long time and then like, you know, Tesla becomes the main boy, whereas uh, yeah. before Tesla was forgotten, but then after 2005, it's like, no, it's all about Tesla, not about yeah. Edison. He was tricking people and Edison had the better science mm. or whatever it mm. is, but not that Edison was all bad. I know that it's complicated and... I know the Confederacy was very good and it's complicated <laughs> and Hitler was very good and it's complicated, but, uh, uh, uh is that you channeling Sam Harris or, well, <laughs> no, if I were to approach the subject of that, it would, 
most likely take me a couple of more minutes to get to the point, which <laughs> a lot of my friends have been competing and, um, you know, saying the opposite of this, which has caused a lot of misinformation, which mm. I understand the lack of trust in the government. But actually, that's not that good of a Sam. I just kind of slow down. No, but, no but the meandering, like, uh, I think a lot of these people who've, like, popped up and, like, as, like you know, these cult of personality like we all look at them they all have that similar thing like where like it's hard to follow what the fuck they're talking about like, like they slow down to a point where it's like you just almost you just assume they're smart and they're gonna yeah. make a great point you're not even fucking listening for it anymore yeah and then there's the the opposite like where they talk too fast to where you can't uh contest any points like when ben shapiro says one thing he says yeah. another thing and it's like <laughs> based on one thing that you probably agree with so we'll say that as a fact and then yeah. i'll base other things as fact too so i have 18 facts here and there's none of fact so you can only be a boy or you can be another type of boy there's no such thing as girls girls do not exist boys get pregnant and there's only such thing as boys i have two boys and one of them has long hair but they are boy no, that's, like, that's like very <laughs> only trans male ben shapiro that would be a funny character <laughs> oh man I, I enjoy all of them even if I don't align with them ideologically I always enjoy characters just because they're characters mm -hmm. like I like that Jordan is kind of like this and about everything and it's like I don't what is it like to be at war I've never been to war but my wife Tammy she's got sick last week and my daughter Michaela and just, <laughs> just going off on like tangents and I love that vibe yeah, and I yeah. also like the vibe of Terrence and I could just think like that for a while <laughs> but just anyone even if they they have bad ideologies it's kind of fun as a, mm. as a character because we're all just some monkey there's some high dimension spirit thing in a monkey body like just trying to make sense of it yeah. and say our opinion and well i was have gonna, our patterns our speech patterns i was gonna ask you so you have this new podcast do you want to shout mind it out mind under matter with shane moss uh don't don't be anti-vax or he'll kick your ass on twitter oh uh, yeah man. it's oh, funny how him and noah got into it oh one really day. oh dude oh i need to check in on there that. was deleted tweets that's how bad it got oh yeah, okay right. no because I, I get where shane is coming from because um uh, I mean, I don't want to reiterate it, but basically, uh, he, I think he gets way more of the, the anti-vax side and the conservative side in his data stream. So he's like fighting against that. Whereas to most people, it's like, I don't really see a lot of that. I don't know why you're so uptight about yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And, uh, then other people see way more of the, like, listen to government, government good. And they're trying mm. to push back against like, no, we should question the government a little bit. What's going on? So yeah. we're all in our little... Uh, pockets of it but our podcast is called mind under matter shane interviews scientists on his podcast here we are and then mm -hmm. i talk to like mystics and artists and creative types on my podcast i don't think i've had a scientist on once maybe mm -hmm. a psychedelic scientist one time and that, yeah. that's kind of like no just regular marine biologist person so he talks to actual academics i talk to creative types and then together we we come and we pick a topic every week and kind of uh unpack it sometimes disagree mostly agree but mm. uh it's just kind of more of a a disguise for two friends hanging out which is every podcast yeah. it's just two friends hanging out and like how do we mask this so it yeah. doesn't look like just a couple of bros but it's it's just a couple of have bros. you both firmly remained in your in your stances that of course yeah but so of no course. one's changing anyone's mind 
<laughs> yeah, sometimes I feel like we've had this conversation like two years ago because we were talking about life after death. I'm like, no, you are the choice maker. You are the awareness behind all it is. You're a flash in the pan here, but you're the great I am eternally. Like that's mm. all there is. And he's like, I don't know. The brain doesn't work after you die. You need neurons to connect to synapses. And can't to you happy. like hear the fear in that when people say it of course yeah it's yeah. like it's so funny and like, they probably think well can't you hear the delusion can, in their voice they're yeah. literally Here. surrounded yeah. by smoke and i can see their <laughs> pupils are dilated like by eight centimeters it's, it's like not, an energy though it's like a it's like a nervousness to me oh yeah you know? yeah but but we're all coming at it from different ways and i think people that were brought up in like very conservative religious uh, households like are coming at it like they have to rebel in a different direction so where they're so turned off by anything mystical because they were forced a really bad version of it yeah, yeah I mean throat. that was kind of like me I really had to come around to spirituality after being so anti-religious yeah so y did you go yeah. through like a big atheist phase oh yeah most of my life yeah most of my life until I took psychedelics and crazy shit started happening to yeah. me yeah yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I was totally like atheist. It feels like a place understand. on the road. Like you start with like dogmatic religion totally. by the book that doesn't make sense, but you just go with it because you accept that, well, it's more intelligent than me. I'm dumb. Why should I be able to understand the great work of God? I'll just understand the guy with the robes that's holding the book. who's yeah. a little bit better than I am. And then there's the Pope and all that. But uh, then you become atheist and then that gets you only so far and you're like well how does somethingness come out of nothingness that's like just such a yeah. big hole don't think about it yeah. it's a literal yeah. hole in the theory and yeah. that's the joke and that, yeah. like, there's no such thing as nothingness well, yeah it's like like that view of life the scientific view of life that's like absurdism that everything is random like you really have to not be paying attention to hold that down for a lifetime. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta be blocking really a lot like, I loved what Michael, you know what I mean? Michael Garfield said that, uh, <sighs> you know, randomness is just, is just our inability to detect a pattern. Connections so there is a patterns, pattern yep. and like, mm. no, it's, it's random because I don't see the pattern in it. So yeah. Yeah. You don't see the pattern in it? <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, like, I'll catch myself anything that I, any reality I don't want to face, any truth that I don't want to swallow that I got bloated to, I'll be like, that's random. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that that's the random part yeah you know yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> like we don't even see ultraviolet light and we think we can see the all oh, totally. pattern totally. of everything what if all the answers were just in one ultraviolet light spectrum it's like yeah. oh you just missed it by this much <laughs> it was there though the whole thing was there oh man we, they come out with special glasses and now everyone can see everything oh that'd be great that's we're getting coming. there a little like with, mean, with social media uh, and, like yeah. no one is private anymore mm -hmm. and yeah uh well, whatever you see when you take mushrooms and acid, and yeah. definitely feels like a different frequency of light that you're tapping into. Well, with you know what mushrooms do to me uh, visually is organize things. I don't know if this happens for everyone, but I could be looking at like the classic example with us is like we're rolling around tripping balls in a pile of mulch, and I'm looking at it, and it's just like, like <laughs> just showing itself that it's like. There's nothing random about this pile of yep. mulch and the way that the things <laughs> fell. Yeah. And in case you can't see that, I'll organize it for totally. you. Totally. You know, the the other day um, we got this DMT vape yeah. pen. And normally I think those things don't work. So I was like, let's go down to the park. I'll hit this thing, see if it works. I, casually. I, I take, yeah, mm -hmm. ca very casually. There's dogs running around. There's people everywhere. And I, I take a couple hits and I was like, close my eyes. I was like, whoa. And I just said, I just handed it to Mary. I was like, it works. And <laughs> she hits it and keeps her eyes open and looks up at the clouds. And she's like, oh. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, I don't know if it worked for her. And then all of a sudden she's like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. 
And she encouraged me to, for the first time, after probably three dozen times smoking DMT, to open my eyes during it. And so I laid back and I hit it and I look up at the clouds and they just liquefied and then became fractals. Yeah, like architecture. Ooh. Cloud uh, castles. And in it's the right sky. there. It's just yeah. such a like yeah. just sidestep to yeah. there and you can Well you, I mean it. you look at the clouds and like what could feel more random? It's like they're always <laughs> you know, you, you, sometimes you look up and there's four different kinds of clouds in the sky, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like all of a sudden I'm, I smoke this thing and it reveals like the truth behind it really i think that's what it does did you guys hear too that mushroom spores get up in clouds and sometimes control the rain i thought like I, they I control the release yeah. of oh i haven't heard that yeah that's cool yeah mushrooms are basically I think running they're the in show control of yeah. all the things yeah they're running the show here. they are like that peculiar type of thing with uh um you know how they say like viruses like well they're not living and they're also not not living they're this weird thing we don't know it's same with like funguses it's like Which, they're not plants they're not animals they're yeah. something they're from space but <laughs> yeah, we don't know what they did own, in space they're or their why own they, kingdom and I like are. that you know that they're their own kingdom but the thing with viruses like wh- what even is the argument for not being alive you know what I mean because it doesn't reproduce through sex or something I don't know oh. it's such an interesting like or it needs to respond to stimulus through facial expression or some some weird like thing <laughs> that they discovered 200 years ago it's like well we defined life 500 years ago and this doesn't fit in our life box so we gotta make we gotta build a new box and call it something else oh my god otherwise our whole science clearly existing you know what i mean like rapidly rampantly trying to like section off life it's so weird that's what i mean like that's what that whole process is you know mm. that reductionist scientific process to limit and box and like to disconnect to Mm. separate yeah you know if you ever need to bring in a ringer on your show to really show Shane what's up. Oh, that would be <laughs> fun. That would be really fun because and, – and, like, Shane is never, like he, – he's so well, uh, you know, tempered and, and mm. stuff. And, like, I don't think there's ever any hate in it. It's more like just where he's, yeah. where he's approaching it. Where he feels it. justified. Yeah. Well, what shocks me about um, – you even telling me this uh, about him and the more scientific uh, approaches, like uh, – I think he's probably taken more psychedelics than all of us combined. That's another thing that gives him some street cracks. It's I not know. like, we'll try some mushrooms, bro. It's like, I've done a whole documentary with mushrooms yeah, yeah. and DMT, and I've been to the psych ward. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I know a lot of, like, people in business and finance that have done a lot of psychedelics, too. You know what I mean? Like, they mm. serve you the way you want them to serve yeah. you. Yeah, but not like him. He, I mean, this guy's like, literally volunteered to be the first person to get hooked up to the what is it called DMTX oh, experiment yeah. where you li- you could be in a DMT trip for a month you're just medically supervised and they, yeah. f- they came up with a way that like it could just be coursing through you all the time and he signed up for it and the but that's thing cool. is he's been that's in states crazy. where he believes crazier like more magical things than all of us multiplied <laughs> by each other but yeah. then he comes back down to earth and my friend Jessa Reed was saying that because uh, I've probably talked about Jessa a bunch Jessa's of times but yeah. yeah she's got alien guides that she talks to she's yep. in the Galactic Federation yeah. and she said that so first of all, me, me, Lacey, her, and Noah all worked together apparently intergalactically and yeah. came here on a spaceship for this incarnation, something like that. But she also worked with Shane in the Galactic Federation, and he chose mm. this incarnation to completely disconnect from contact with it to just try out like what it would be like to go, you know, free soloing, not have a, oh. a thing <laughs> attaching him to it. It's like, well, I'm going to try rock climbing free solo with no... Uh, that so like I, I imagine that that's part of why he defaults more to like yeah. empirical things and has a more like brute force science mind than just like you know feeling feeling it that other way. Were you in the Federation? I think so. I oh, think cool. she said it like that. But I don't I don't have any um, dreams or visions of it. I just like 
the when my friends talk about it, it it gives me joy. I guess you can join ours if they yeah. don't, if they won't have you. We'll do have do you. either of you feel like you're in a galactic alien federation on some mm. hyper dimensional level? I, I feel like it's happening now in, in these bodies, and you know what I mean. It's not something that's going to happen. Yeah, right? we're like consciously jumping on the fa- into the ship yeah. rather than. I mean, look, them. it's Church of Chill. Ooh, oh yeah. Yeah, well, I I do. I feel like um, Cass and I did this crazy mushroom journey where we were we took mushrooms in Syrian ruin. We were, we were trying to contact the aliens. At least that was that was my thing. I was like, "Come and get me. Let's do this," and they did, uh, but not in the way I thought. Like they came up as like a like the ship came from like behind me and just enveloped me, and I was just I was one of them. It was it, it was like yo been here before been here forever type of moment oh. i'm not separate from them like i i, I was with them and it's crazy because cass's mom really has become obsessed with aliens and trying to get them to to <laughs> contact her or whatever and we're sitting at i she, love far out parents i mean i love my one. parents awesome i wouldn't change them at all yeah. but when i hear about the opposite of it it's so funny this is our influence on cass's mom and she's getting into aliens and yeah. everything and cass just hands her the dmt pen and she's like you want to meet those fuckers here you go and the same thing happened to her. That happened to me with these mushrooms is like uh, she said it, like she was in the alien ship looking over like uh, an ancient city, you know, like she she was the observer. She was the alien. So I think that was like a particularly profound experience the way she was talking about it, because that's what I always think. Uh, I'm like, I know it's probably been talked about ad nauseum, but like we are the aliens. We are the angels. These things that we conceive of is just like ways of compartmentalizing like yeah. very special parts of ourselves. Yeah, and, so we can wrap our head around it. And the the thought of like when you said that the UFO came behind you and enveloped you, like we're stuck on this model of the UFO being like, well, it's a metal ship and they yeah. are in it in this form and then they're going to land like our ships would and they're yeah. going to get out of it. It's like, no, 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 it's not a vehicle. Stop no. thinking in terms of a vehicle. It's yeah. like a, it's a higher dimensional energy thing mm. taking this form, that form, Absolutely. zimming and zooming yeah. around. And mm-hmm. I used to be like an internalist when I first came to spirituality too. And I just thought everything was a reflection of yourself, like angels that people would talk to and whatever. But I definitely feel like I've acknowledged the presence of like external entities since then. Yeah. And I think eventually that will make themselves known as well. And I think that was part of my dream, you yeah. know, mm. um, that crazy dream. The too. reptile hands. Yeah. Like they're like, That's one spirits of do exist of all around us and like they're trying to work through you. You know what I mean? Like you're being influenced by things outside of yourself for sure. They're they're trying to uh, like they're cosmic conceivers and they're they're trying to birth things through you. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, and that's like whether even that's like the mem the karmic memories of your ancestors in your fucking bloodstream that you're having to deal with existing in a body, or if it's like literal dead spirits that you're still trying to inter- like enact stuff, or actual aliens, you know, like interdimensional things. Yeah. Like I do think there's things that just like want their way. What yeah. if it's you all of I mean? the above and oh, more? Like those I, aren't I, even. No, that's what I think, and I think it's also the planets. Like I think that's why astrology works. There's clearly gravitational forces of patterned energy that are trying to, you know, that have a pull on us because mm. they're attached to our body for some reason. Yeah. You know? Like. Is that why people have such an aversion to it? Because that just sounds like literally so far out. Like, what the fuck well, could Jupiter have to do with my life? Well, and again, like, just like attaching to the scientific stuff, you have to acknowledge that there's something bigger than you. Mm. Did you see and that? And that people, like, we're so willpower forward in this country. Like, we don't want to think that, like, there is bigger narratives than, than your than your willed, you know, than yeah. the thing that you want to in- inflict in front of everybody, you know, yeah. your desire or whatever. Because it's a real acknowledgement of, like, 
okay, like I have choices here and I can like raise my frequency to become, you know, align myself with more of these goals. But at the same time too, like I'm working within a system and actually honoring like the shapes of time in the system that's here is like the way that you can navigate through it. Yeah. You know, have you read my Ramin shirt? Forever and wherever you will go. The, the choice, choice is always, always yours, yours to vibrate, vibrate high or vibrate, or vibrate low. low. Yeah. Mm. And nothing long, wrong with low vibration, too. You need the low end. No, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love the low end. Oh, on the astronomy thing, I was just thinking about this meme of, uh, it says astronomy and astrology, and it's got those two Star Trek characters, and then someone asks, are you two friends? And then astronomy says, no. And then at the same time, astrology says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that sums it up perfectly, because yeah, like good. astrology isn't saying astronomy is bullshit. It's like, yeah. no, it's, it's still... Uh, applicable and like that's that's its own data set that you would need if you're plotting a course to like shoot this rocket to get here and how it maps out but then when you're speaking of energetically things and things that are not mm. empirical science but what is it called divination yeah. techniques like that's that's its own tool like sometimes yeah. uh, pulling astronomy cards might not give you the same yeah uh, <laughs> benefit totally yeah there are companies that make talismans and cast them um with charts uh, specifically to like imbue the talisman with those specific planetary energies Whoa. to use for like specific things that's cool yeah like a little that's like some doll? cool uh example of like uh, astrological magic like on an uh inanimate object yeah like a little statue something like that yeah depending on what you're trying to do that you know like stone holds Stuff. Well, probably not as much as metal. I don't. I don't know much about making metal. As much I, I kind of what I kind of love about astrology now that I think about it is it doesn't it doesn't write off any other things. It's kind yeah. of like it's all part of it. It's all under the umbrella. Yeah, you know? and like in astrology, there's like a real acknowledgement of like this is what we know so far, mm -hmm. and there's like differing opinions, and there's an ambiguity to it and a layering to it that makes people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Because um, it's a real acknowledgement of like the gray, not black and white answers to things. Yeah, I mean, Alex Gray. Alex Gray. Yeah. Oh, that's too. <laughs> <laughs> when it, when I hear people full throatedly rejecting it, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like when I hear people talking shit about the Grateful Dead. You know, yeah. it's just like, okay, well, right. I mean, it's it's not for you. It's still happening. It's still a right. real fucking thing. You know, right. and you're just not opening your heart to that thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, like they have a Capricorn moon or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you have a what? I said they have a Capricorn moon or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is Capricorn more stubborn than Taurus? No. No. Taurus is most stubborn. I just think about Capricorns as like the most refusing generally of yeah. mystical things. Mm -hmm. Think yeah. of David Bowie. As a Capricorn? When well, he is one, yeah. but I'm trying to like, t I'm trying to, whenever I, I hear of, I always think of the most famous version of it, yeah. like celebrity-wise or in my personal life-wise. Yeah. I'm like, oh, do they fit that? I'm like, oh, they kind of do fit that. Well, that's what made me a believer is like, you know, Mare starts going through, like, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, who else is that thing? And you start naming the people and they all start fitting this archetype in a scary way. And I don't know if I'm just convincing myself or what the fuck. Oh, like, yeah. Even down to the way people look. Yeah. Like, oh yeah gemini's long arms <laughs> <laughs> you know. tall long arms uh i've always wanted to do this experiment it's so hard to put together but uh imagine holding like a party like you hold 12 different parties and 
then you don't tell people what the theme of the party is, but you you just kind of watch. Like you do an all Leo party, an all Scorpio party, an all Aquarius party, and you just kind of watch and like see like if it really is apparent that oh yeah. man that is an all Leo yeah, gathering yeah. there. Like maybe you wouldn't get the result you thought you'd get, but I don't think any experiment like that has ever been done because like invite a be. hundred Leos. Yeah, yeah, and, and see see if they know that they're all Leos mm. and see like if they're more boastful and they're more confident and, yeah. and that kind of thing showing off more maybe like the scorpios are more yeah. secretive like maybe they're, they're sneaking <laughs> off to the bathroom together yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah i've been thinking recently a lot about like bodies and the embodiment of like the different archetypes and that we really probably look exactly how we embody the patterns of the planets right mm. like i've been able to notice more saturnian features and people and these yeah. other things and then you're like oh like maybe that's exactly why you look exactly how you yeah, look you know yeah, it's, saturnian it's just like physical features is, is, yeah so just like wherever the perspective that you chose to enter in or slash time that you chose to enter in that representation of perspective how the different archetypes have different weights because the most important thing in astrology that nobody even talks about because it's like the second layer is dignities which is like different planets do different well uh do differently in different areas of the sky so they operate differently they have bet higher or lower functions not that you want to classify things that way i know it's very <laughs> taboo these days but uh it's weird to like what's the balance of boxing stuff off and then just saying like everything is everything because mm. on one end everything That's is everything and then on the other end everything has to fit within my little box paradigm <laughs> well, or it's not yeah. science yeah it's a to me and it's like a language thing yeah. again like it's how you'll understand everything mm. you know yeah how your experience of everything is everything yeah <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> more of that you know because there is a limit expression of any given angle right mm. but then again like when you look at people's bodies and you look at their charts you could somehow attach that like the different gravitational forces i think they would come out mm. i think it would come that's out. another interesting experiment that should be run yeah because with medical astrology too like the different zodiacal energies will rule different parts of the bodies so mm. that's another way that you can layer in a lot mm. of this stuff wow bodies 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 yeah, bodies. Bodies. bodies i like it her british accent comes out sometimes when she's in a real flow <laughs> oh is that is that your is that your true OG. accent her her true accent oh why would you lose it you didn't choose to lose it it just went away yeah i'm an assimilator i moved to texas oh crazy texas brit what part of texas again houston oh crazy i was in lake jackson texas for 10 years of my life so houston was the closest big city but oh, I yeah. never had a British accent to lose, and I don't even think I had a Canadian accent. I just had, like, mm. I think I just had normal newscaster <laughs> accent, free speech. Hello. Yeah. I am <laughs> from nowhere. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm Ron Lynch. Hello. I'm from nowhere. I'm sorry. Whoops, it slipped out. Y'all, whoops, it went back again. <laughs> Uh, I think it's really good. It Mary's a total shapeshifter, and it's funny. It'll happen in like in the middle of a sentence sometimes. Like, oh, there you are. There's there Nicole Kidman's Australian accent coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every just so now and then. Say strawberries. Oh. Strawberries. Oh, <laughs> that's that's good. like butter. I know. Strawberries made of butter. Strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> I like do it. And I sound like Austin Powers. Don't don't like everything has to be Nigel and the Queen's English and strawberries. Like it's it's like more elegant. Like strawberries. Strawberries. We're out of strawberries. And then don't make it like a question. Otherwise, you're just trying to do a question. You think you're British because you're doing it like a question. Try to move the question part out of it. All right, I'll try now. Strawberries. I had the best weekend. There were strawberries everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
even in your hair, <laughs> especially in my hair. <laughs> cool. How's your Australian accent? It's not good. I'm trying... Well, the thing about doing an Australian accent is you start with a New Zealander accent and you do have to put the question uh, accentuation at the end, the upward inflection, like you would have in a TED Talk. But it's not a TED Talk. We don't have TED here. We have TEDx. And on TEDx, you can discuss topics such as gender or sexuality or even business. I did a podcast about business and sexuality on my TEDx course. And then... Now, Dingo ate my Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> damn, you're good. Yeah, that you're was good. pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, he's good with voices. Do you know Katya Kavinga? I need to have her on the podcast still. I keep no. like saying, like, hey, you should come on the podcast, and then I don't schedule it because I'm mm. an asshole full of shit. <laughs> and, uh, but she's, uh, she's brought up in the UK and I think mainly in Scotland, but like does every like European dialect, That's like just so dead dope. on, does a great Greta Thunberg impression, does, uh, <laughs> awesome. uh, just does everything. And it's so subtle and is total weirdo, like oh, one of my favorite, uh, standups. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love that shit more than anything. When somebody yeah. pops into another voice, oh, I'm it's like, it's my favorite voices. Like I'm so auditory. Yeah. Yeah. That's like how I'm processing stuff. So yeah, it kills totally. me. Yeah. Okay, is your British gone? Like, if you wanted to <laughs> act like you never had a Texas accent at all? I could do it. Okay. I, I could do it. <laughs> I'm always surprised at Ask how. Ask her a question. Um, what street is the closest 7 Eleven on? Close to me. I don't think I even li- live close to a 7-Eleven. There's a bodega at the end of my corner. <laughs> a British person would never know what a bodega is. <laughs> a bodega. It's a pub. <laughs> it's a flat. It's a, it's a lift. It's a chip. It's a uh, parliament. There's also, there's also like a smoke shop that um, tries to sell me weed every time I go in there. I quite <laughs> like them. I quite like them. I and it sounds like, I don't know what it is, but it sounds like almost a... Uh, and this is a compliment in the highest order. It's like a 60s British <laughs> accent. It sounds like yeah. you just saw Hendrix for the first time. Yeah. It's like, I saw this guy who's playing with the Isley Brothers. He was phenomenal. Yeah, it's quite like, uh, it's not South London, but it's definitely not Northern. And it's like, it's more proper, I think. You know posh. what I mean? It's more posh. Like, posh spice. When you listen to Adele, like, it's, it's probably a little bit more posh. I thought yeah. she was American. I'm a stupid idiot. I always thought she was American. Listen to her interviews. So you're going to be like, oh, she, sings, she sings nice. This I love her talking voice. Fucking <laughs> ripe. Sean used to refer to music he hated as Adele. Like, I remember yeah. that being a trope of, like, is yeah. this Adele? It's like, yeah. no, That's this hilarious. isn't Adele. This is Katy Perry. <laughs> it sounds like Adele. It all sounds the same. It's stupid. I hate music. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we meet Marin. She's like, Adele is one of the best singers. And I'm like, so fuck. Do I have to fucking everything I think that I can categorize as something I don't like? It all of a sudden comes flooding in, and I'm like, I have to deal with it. Maroon 5. You don't have to deal with it. Well, I just have to accept I've that. I've never played a demo. No, 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 no. I have to accept that, like, even making fun of it is low frequency. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it, you know, she made an orb. Mm-hmm. She's made a lot of orbs. Some of the best-selling orbs of all time. Yeah. I think yeah. you, like, you just really have to respect people that are in the ring. That's putting stuff out that's what it, yeah that's what it comes down to like every time I find myself wanting to be like oh say that little critical thing say that thing you know like your sharp tongue could articulate yeah, perfectly it's like don't Why? I always Why? regret it yeah right that's all I can think about yeah. for like the next week 
All right, I need to switch out of this. Yeah, <laughs> I need to switch out of this. The thing is, I bet, I bet we would all like the stuff that we think we hate if it wasn't the context in which we right. first experienced it, which yeah. is like, you know, you're in the mall. It's like just blasting in the grocery store. You can't escape it. It's yeah. on the trending topics. It's being forced down your throat. But if yeah. you just discovered it on your own, you'd be like, how is this not famous? How is this person not famous? And then they are famous. You're like, ah, oh, stupid famous Fuck person. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Green Day, best example. It's like they were a beloved punk band by the underground. And they signed to a major label and put out their best thing yet. Dookie. When did they lose it? When did Dookie. They, Dookie, their audience left them? What about the, American Idiot? Because I feel like American Idiot people like. They've done a couple of those. And American Idiot was 11 years later. But they lost, they lost their original fans. Like my older cousin was a Green Day fan fan and the second that album came out he gave me his green day shirts he was like fuck this dookie was a bad one man i always thought dookie was like old school it changed my life but there was like three albums before that where they were just like worship they put out this thing it's great but it had this mainstream sheen to it and it's on mtv and they were just like fuck this they've Mm -hmm. labeled them as sellouts i bought into it i missed out on a lot of great green day music that happened and then when american idiot came out i was like fuck why am i resisting this like let me hear this. I love that album. Yeah. yeah. And the first the first song on that is so different. Like the rest of it is just such a nice concept. Yeah. Uh, a long form kind of exploration of different yeah. styles. And, and no stuff. punk band had ever really pulled that off. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. They're, they're cool. I, res- I respect the shit out of Green Day. I might not listen to them all the time. But, you know, there, there's a million examples like that. But they're just mm-hmm. like, they're so talented. And, you know, yeah. I'm I happy they're alive. I, I mean, Chris too. Cornell shot himself in the face. I no, know. just kidding. He hung himself. <laughs> yeah. But he's still gone body wise. So yeah. just don't, uh, I'm just happy if people don't kill themselves. Yeah, me too, man. That's the best. Yeah. When people don't kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Fuck. I hate like, it when people kill themselves. I know. Bad day. The worst. It's the yeah. worst. That It is the fucking worst. And like, the only thing that gets me through it is knowing like, well, they're not in pain anymore. I don't know. What they just invited Or they're like into. Zappa stuck in fucking yeah. purgatory for 20 years. Yeah, but they're not dealing with what they thought was a lot of pain in this reality. Yeah. You know, maybe they're somewhere else worse off. But I, I always think it's just like, it's it's so, it's it's really hard for the people that get left behind because it's so confusing and you want to convince yourself that they didn't really want to do that. And like, it's just all this stuff. And it, it, you know, it's why so many conspiracy theories popped up around Kurt Cobain's death. It's like, culturally, we could not wrap our heads around that this guy would do this to himself. He had it all. You know, he's this beautiful, beautiful being, like, just making the just sensitive songs that spoke for a generation, and then he offed himself in the middle of it at the height of his fame. Like, we couldn't wrap our heads around it, so... What's the best conspiracy? Courtney? Yeah. I don't even know the yeah, the best conspiracies yeah. about it. But what do you she, mean by best? Like, what's, like what's the most convincing... Not the most, like, <clears throat> best in terms that, of, that, like, I love that she killed him. That's no, the that best Courtney one. Love hired somebody. I, oh yeah, I imagine she wouldn't have like actually had her fingerprints yeah. on the gun or something. Well, but like if you if you watch the documentary Kurt and Courtney from 1999, like they interview a guy who's like, yeah, Courtney Love gave me this amount of money to fucking go do this thing with to, oh. to go kill him. You know, like it, it's fucked up, and people really, man, she was like the perfect mark. I feel so bad for her when you think about it now. It's like she lost her husband and the father of their infant child, and then just got culturally demonized in every way. People still think she killed Kurt Cobain. Like, imagine, like, what yeah, the and I'm was... spreading that by by bringing it up. The most it's well, the only one I've heard of. Like, because you know the government is also one, but the government is everything. That's yeah, a boring one. Now. Yeah, well, maybe Courtney Love is working for the government. <laughs> yeah, that's that could be a thing. 
Yeah. You know, the, 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 they I, needed frosted tips to take over as music. They couldn't have Kurt yeah. around. Like, we got to get frosted tips in here before 1998, <laughs> yeah. or, or Woodstock 99 is not going to happen. And yeah. Then, like, it became All Star. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. Oh, uh, Chester. Uh, Lincoln Park, rest in peace. Actually, oh, I, I, I respect yeah. that. I've never listened to Linkin Park other than like the two songs on the radio, but I, uh, I've noticed that their their fan base is like really into it, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. Hybrid Theory! You got to hear Hybrid Theory!" Yeah. So I recognize that it's its own. It's it's people a little younger than us yeah. that that didn't know any better when it came out. I yeah. loved AFI. I could have very well been a Linkin Park guy. Yeah, AFI to me is like a little bit a little bit more respectable. They they because they came. I don't know where Linkin Park came out of. It's funny because uh, it's not funny. They didn't come out of Lincoln Park? They did. <laughs> oh. They did. Um, I, I was just telling this story yesterday, and I had forgotten about it, but I was out in L.A. to film a job. Got this huge job, first huge job for our company, where it's like we would have made like a half a million dollars to go around eight cities with Lincoln Park on, on a huge stadium tour. And uh, day one of the shoot, he killed himself. We were waiting on set. No. And standing with the band, we're like, where's Chester? And this dude that I had never met before, I already knew the band and the management and everything. All of a sudden, this random dude comes in. He's like, everybody out, the shoot is over. And we were like scared and we're waiting out on the tour bus, like, what the fuck's going on? And someone came on and we're like, Chester killed himself. I was like, what the fuck? Because I'd never heard their music either, but the only thing, the only research I did for the project was go through fan testimonials and every one of them was like, this band's the reason I didn't kill myself. This guy saved my life, you know, pulled me out of depression, spoke for me. All this stuff that, like, you know, when it was happening, I, yeah, I wrote it off because it just sounds like cheesy music to me. It sounds derivative and just, like, I don't know, it's just, like, too packaged for consumption. So much that everyone, so much stuff that everyone loves and that we love to another group is just the most stupid, hippie, or packaged, or something. Yeah, yeah. I, just all just dumb judgments. And, like, honestly, like, just reading the fan testimonials about what this guy and his lyrics and his performances did for them, I, like, I really came to respect it, and I wanted to, t I was going to talk to him about that. That was, like, the, the list of questions that I had for him, and... Uh, Imagine if you broke that out in that moment. It's like, Everything shut down. Chester's killed himself. Everyone, it's like, but but I had this list of questions. Hold for on, him. the shoot's not over. Let's uh, you know, <laughs> I could be losing out on a lot of money here. We have to fucking. Yeah, dude, that was a fucking trippy ass day, and it, it seems like every time I'm out in L.A., some fucking crazy thing. I was here when Michael Jackson died. I was here when Whitney Houston died. Not just not just here in L.A., like a block from where that happened. Oh, and, weird. Yeah, and then I'm like literally on top of this guy's Grim band. Reaper. Yeah, I'm like, I'm come, when I come are. to L.A., it's with the Grim Reaper No, energy. you fall asleep and you go take that Sith or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. Skith? Scythe. Scythe. Oh, I was wrong Scythe. too. Scythe. Scythe? Scythe. Yeah. Scythe? I take that thing out. Return of the Scythe. No, yeah. sorry, Revenge of the Scythe. I you killed, got up a couple people this time. I, I killed Dusty Baker from ZZ Top while we were out here this time. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty uh, Rhodes, yeah. Dusty Rhodes and what's the other guy? Billy F. Gibbons. There we go. Yeah. Wait, Dusty you killed Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes died? Yeah, I killed when? him a couple days ago when I arrived in L.A. as he I landed. Died? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. What, I sick, love those guys. Sick bass. One of the best American bands. Completely somehow underrated. A trio. Like, how do they have? How do they have that big of a sound as a trio? and like yeah dust or why do i forget his name again billy, billy F. Gibbons. gibbons like he can do harmonics with his beard there's yeah. like a story of him like just playing this note it resonates and then his beard flaps up and then floats down and then hits a harmonic on the ninth string and just <gasps> oh my just god just no change in expression on his face oh man legend legend he's never shaved oh yeah He's I didn't never know that. he never shaved in his life once he just let it come in 
Okay. No, no, he has. He has. They Bill. didn't have beards before. Um, there's a doc called oh. like this little old band from Texas. Oh, we I saw think. that. We saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they used so to they, have a cleaner uh, look. Yeah, they had a clean look, and then one of them got like I don't know. They had to go to rehab or something. They had to take two years off, and they're like, "Well, the band's the three of us, so I guess we'll just resume whenever." Instead of trying to replace him, and then yeah. when they came back, they hadn't shaved, so they're like, "Let's just keep it." And then the only member that doesn't have a beard is Frank Beard. The and drummer. His, yeah, Frank his last Beard. name is Beard. So yeah. they he has all, enough beard. His what? He's he got has, a, he has yeah. enough beard. He's yeah. got it covered. Yeah. <laughs> so don't you think like how Ramin does 10 seconds of silence? Yeah. That um, We're going to give you Chilcagwe for the first time to wrap this fucker up. Chilcagwe. Chilcagwe extract. All-purpose natural remedy. Antiseptic, antiviral, antibacterial, antiseptic, antifungal, digestive. But not antifun. That's why you got to try it today, today, today. <laughs> so, you know, you spray this stuff in your mouth or like if you ever had a skin thing, you spray it on there. It just takes care of like it. like one spray. You do, no, yeah, at least two. At you least do two, two sprays on your tongue and uh, it brings this fucker to life. I'm not going to be able to talk maybe. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to just make sure this ends. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. Give us any amount and you can join our Discord community. Hear bonus episodes, see bonus episodes of the podcast. <laughs> and hear our radio show, Church of Chill. <laughs> and until next time, <laughs> make sure to keep those heads up, kids. Uh, this life is pretty short and we have so much time together. So we have to tell the people that we love that we love them. Well, we still can. Rest in peace, Judge Sir. Rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes. And rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Mm. Chester Bennington, Chris Cornell, Kurt Cobain, and the rest of the gang. Frank Zappa. Yep. Prince. Prince. The purple one. Tom mm-hmm. Petty. David. David Bowie. George Harrison. George. Oh, George. Jerry Garcia. Oh. Leonard Cohen. Oh. Oh, I mean. Oh. <laughs> oh. Janice. Janice, yeah. Jimmy. It's like someone threw, um, like, firecrackers on my tongue, but not in a way that the pavement is going to get cracked. It's like the pavement has <laughs> some kind of shielding on it, but I still get to feel the pops and the, yeah. the something. But to the outside viewer, it doesn't seem... Like anything, <laughs> but you have to like keep uh, swallowing. Yeah, yeah. It's a that's little a good... bit of a, an experience. Uh, thanks for doing this, dog. Thanks for having us over here. Yeah, so fun. Oh, and we were on your podcast. Yeah, check that out, everyone. If you didn't already come from there, go to rainbowbrainskull dot com or search for Rainbow Brain Skull on your favorite podcast app. It's the four of us. We get dirty. We get Ooh. wild. We get. Uh, Inappropriate. Inappropriate. <laughs> and it's just the best podcast that's ever been recorded ever. So you are you need some more audio in your ears. You don't want your thoughts. You know what those are like. <laughs> you go back to your thoughts alone, not good, senor. So go to our my podcast, our podcast that we did. And till next time, keep up in that Church of Chill yeah. money amount that you give. <laughs> Fuck your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck your thoughts. Listen to podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck your thoughts. Kind of like this. Oh, Something show, like show, that. Show. All right, thanks, y'all. Peace, love, and magic. Thanks for me. This was awesome. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Love you guys.